Welcome to the latest edition of Plaudible Perspectives. We have a real treat for you. Take a listen to the sermon and wonderful music at the West Harpeth Primitive Baptist Church in Franklin, Tennessee. Because of the political party. Mm-hmm. 
white house. It's because of the heart Amen. Yes. Of, of our people. Yes. And so it is now time for us to think about think about it. Discipleship. Like yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There is a problem with where we're going to spend eternity. Yes, sir. So I want to ask you to look at our text today. Coming from the Gospel of John, chapter number 15, verses 5 through 8. Gospel of John, chapter number 15, verses 5 through 8. You will find these words. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they burn. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be Get this, my disciples. I need to say that again. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Listen, a Christian disciple is a person who accepts and assists in the spreading of the good news. That's what you may be seeing. Look at that. I don't know. A Christian disciple is a person who accepts and assists in the spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ. Christian discipleship is the process by which disciples grow in the Lord Jesus Christ and are equipped by the Holy Spirit who resides in our hearts to overcome the pressures and trials of this present life and become more and more Christ-like. This requires that we be in the word daily studying it. Hear me. Praying over it and obeying it. In addition, 
we should always be ready to give testimony to the reason for the hope we have within it and to disciple others to walk in his way. First Peter 3 and 15 says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Let me share four characteristics of what discipleship looks like as you live it out. Pay attention. <laughs> First thing, Number one, Jesus must be first in all things. What does discipleship look like as you live it out? Jesus must be first in all things. This concept started even back in the Old Testament. Exodus 23 and 19. Here's what verse 19 says. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. Even in Genesis 20, I mean in Exodus 23 and 19. Mm -hmm. The first fruits you shall bring to the house of your God. In Exodus 29 and 38. Now this is what you shall offer on the altar to lambs of the first year, day by day, continually, even in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 15 and verse 21. Of the first of your ground meal you shall give to the Lord as a heave offering throughout your generations, even in the Old Testament. It talks about giving first, first, first. Even in the Old Testament, Jesus must be first in all things. Well, let's go on to the New Testament. The New Testament says in Matthew 6.33, you know it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Listen, we must have Jesus first in all things. Not only that, but in, Peter says in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27, we have left all to follow you. In other words, when you ain't got nothing else left, what's first? What else did Jesus say then in Luke 
14 and 33. Whosoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Mm -hmm. If you forsake everything else, yes, sir. what's left? Yes, sir. Mm. It's the first thing that you have if nothing else is left. And Jesus said, if you didn't forsake everything else, you can't be my disciple. First thing is, Jesus must be first in everything. Listen. Next thing I want to tell you is this. You must follow Jesus' teachings. Why is following Jesus' teaching so important? Basically because you can't perform the function if you don't know how. It makes sense? Preach it, preach up. Jesus was a master teacher. Gospel of John chapter 14 and verse 15 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if Jesus is a master teacher, then you ought to be willing to do what he said do. Make sense? 1 John 4 and 19. We love him because he, he first loved us. Well, John says, his teachings come out of his word. John 15 and 7, part of our text. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done unto you. Follow his teachings. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God, watch it, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of the joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. The word then brings us to our next characteristic. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Number three. We need to love the disciples. Y'all getting this? <laughs> Number one was Jesus must be first yes. in all things. Yes. And then we need to make sure that we follow Jesus teaching us. And now we need to love other disciples. We are told that love of other believers is the evidence of us being a member of God's family. 1 John 4 and 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, come on, finish it for me. We all, what? We also ought 
to love one another. Love is defined and elaborated on in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 13, what's called the love chapter. These verses show us that love is not an emotion, it's an action. You don't just sit down and how you feel, it's how you act. Hello, somebody. We must be doing something and, and be involved in the process. Furthermore, we are, we are told to think more highly of others than ourselves and to look out for the interests of others. Philippians 2 and verses 3 through 4. These, uh, the next verse in Philippians verse 5 really sums up what we are to do when we, it comes to everything in life. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. The King James, New King James Version says, let this man that was also in Christ Jesus. What better example can we have? Didn't he love us so much that he gave his life that we might get it? He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Have mercy, Lord. Yes, Well, I guess I better move on. Number four is fruitfulness. Our job is not producing fruit. Our job is to abide in Christ. And if we do, the Holy Spirit will produce the fruit. And this fruit is a result of our obedience. If we will be obedient, the Holy Spirit will produce the fruit. As we become more obedient to the Lord and learn to walk in his ways, our lives will change. The biggest change will take place, guess where? In our hearts. In our hearts. And the overflow of this will be new conduct. Thoughts, words, and action. All of these things will take place. When our hearts right. will change, yeah. representative of that change is in our heart. The change we seek is done from the inside out through the power of the Holy Spirit. What are some of the fruits of what we see happen? We'll start visiting folks, yeah. feeding folks, yeah. giving to folks, yeah. teaching folks, witnessing to folks, yeah. caregiving folks. All of those kind of things will start happening in our lives yeah. that hadn't been happening before. Those are the witnessing and fruit-bearing things that we'll see happening in our lives. Uh, I was thinking about the songwriter Oh, what a wonderful change uh -huh. has come over me. Oh, what a wonderful change has come over me since Jesus 
came into my life. Yes, sir. He walks with me and yes, he talks with me yes, and tells me that our vine is on. Somebody said change. Change. Somebody else over here said change. change. What a wonderful change has come over me since Jesus has come into my life. Now, as I get ready to close, I want to tell you that change makes a difference in your life when Jesus comes in. Now, 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 before I go too far, I, I just didn't show up at this place of discipleship myself. And neither did you. You just didn't show up here one day or this day. But I want you to know if if it happened, if it happened one Friday, uh, one Friday when when the Lord, uh, uh, my Lord and your Savior was sentenced to death uh, by crucifixion. Uh, On that Friday, they scourged him with a whip that was made out of bone and metal. They whipped him until the very flesh came off of his back. They whipped him and then as they carried him up the mountaintop, up on Calvary, they found a man by the name of Simon that was a Serenian. They took him and they called Simon and said, Simon, I want you to help him to carry that cross up on that hill called Calvary. And they got him up on the hill and they, when they took him up there, they hung him high and they stretched him wide and they nailed him on the cross and they forgot about what he had said. And if you raise me up, Hallelujah. They raised him. It was around noonday. They came, pierced him in the side. Out came water and blood. Water for baptism. Blood for redemption. Yes, sir. Son. At high noon. Refused to shine. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
you show them clearly that you love them yes, Lord. and you've made it clear that you have given your life through your son thank you and you want to bless your name save everyone thank you Lord but God says you think says that you so love the world that you gave to all the guys who love the people in the world thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. That's whosoever, man. Everyone who will believe. Yes, Lord. It's not that you can carry anyone off. Yes, sir. It doesn't make any difference if you're a parent, a thief, or a robber. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're a drug dealer. It doesn't make any difference. Yes, Lord. You can save anybody from anything. Thank you, Lord. So, God, I just been listening to a special edition of Applaudable Perspectives and we're honoring Hewitt C. Sawyers who's been a pastor at the Primitive Baptist Church called the West Harpeth Primitive Baptist Church which is a neighbor of me in Franklin and I wanted to be supportive and celebrate Black History Month so I went to the church heard some great music heard some great preaching my friend Deb Murdick was uh, doing a special edition and talking about black music, the importance of black music in the Harlem Renaissance, and specifically Duke Ellington. And she also spoke about Bessie Smith, who was a Chattanooga native and really a absolute standard bearer. Um, Ain't Nobody's Business, if I do, was uh, one of her big hits. And she toured throughout the South and, and all over the place. So a uh, very cool lady and influenced so many people. But uh, Hewitt Sawyers is going to be retiring, and he's been in in office for decades, leading the church. But also, one of the most amazing things that he has been involved with, and that's the first time I ever heard his name and met him, 
was the installation of five markers around the square in Franklin, Tennessee. And also he was involved with the U.S. Colored Troops uh, special statue. That's a bronze statue in front of our historic courthouse. We made national news doing this, and uh, he worked with Chris Williamson, uh, Kevin Riggs, Ken Moore, who is Dr. Moore, our city mayor, and also our wonderful city administrator, Eric Stuckey. And they met for many, many months with uh, a lot of other wonderful people, uh, Mary Pierce and uh, Julian Bibb and other preservationists, and uh, raised the money and installed these five markers, which have been called the Fuller Story, F-U-L-L-E-R, Fuller Story, and you can go online and read more about it. But the Fuller Story is talking about the black experience in Franklin, and we're trying to do a better job of being more inclusive in a time when there's a lot of polarization, uh, and um, Franklin's trying to do a better job. So please check it out. Come look at the Colored Troops statue. Come walk around the square, read the five markers. I was one of the people involved with helping with that project, too, and helped with the funding. And uh, just a little bit about this wonderful African-American Primitive Baptist Church, the West Harpeth Church. It was actually founded in 1869 in a place called Perry, euphemistically called Perry, P-E-R-R-Y. And it was named after Perry Station, which was a railway stop. There was a railroad that runs right by the church. And it is at 4141 Columbia Pike. Very welcoming church and so much history there. And I, I'm sure that they're going to find someone wonderful, but difficult to take the place of Pastor Sawyer's. So enjoyed his talk, and I hope you do too. Take care, and thank you for listening to Applaudable Perspectives.